0: Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton.
1: And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. You know, in this great football season, we've seen remarkable things. We've seen the league go through 256 regular season games, get the playoffs, and now the Super Bowl done without losing a game. We watched uh, Tom Brady leave New England, go to Tampa Bay, and uh, help get them to the Super Bowl. We've seen Patrick Mahomes have an incredible season. We've seen Travis Kelsey with maybe with the greatest tight end season. But here's an accomplishment of something was heroic and sensational. Jim Nagy from the uh, Senior Bowl, executive director of the Senior Bowl, used to work in Seattle as a scout uh, with the Seahawks, pulled off, the incredible senior bowl at a time that nobody could do it. I mean, you know, the NFL couldn't put together an all-star game yet. Jim Nagy was able to pull off just an incredible thing to have the senior bowl, which was done last Saturday. Jim, how did you do it?
0: Uh, yeah, John, thanks for having me on. It was a, uh, it's a long question or a long answer. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. It was, uh, you know, it was all about, you know, educating ourselves on on the process that really helped once the fall process started, you know, we started thinking about contingencies going back to last spring. But once, once guys got really into football mode in the fall, you know, it was really trying to extract information from them at the college level, the NFL level, like, hey, guys, what's working? What's not? Like, where are you, where are you noticing the, uh, you know, your positive tests? Where are they coming from? Talking to a lot of infectious disease people, you know, our local hospital system down here. There's just, you know, a lot of research that went into it. And then just staying fluid with it. And, uh, you know, that's right up until a couple weeks ago when our coaching staffs from the, the Dolphins and Panthers got named. You know, they had a couple suggestions based off our COVID plan that we, we gave them. And we, 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 you know, we made a couple minor tweaks to that leading right into the week. So um, the key thing was just keeping everyone safe. Once we got to a point in the fall where we, we you know, were confident we could do this thing safely, then it was really full speed ahead. And it was about being confident in our messaging with this thing because there were a lot of doubters. There were a lot of people, you know, my phone rings off the hook in the fall with agents. And they go, Jim, are you really doing this? Are you really really going to try to do this? Um, and we, we, to me, we couldn't be wishy-washy with it. We really had to say, yes, we're having it. Here's why we're having it. Here's what it's going to look like. Um, we had to strip a lot of things away from the week that we've tried to add to, like, enhance the fan experience. But the main thing for us was connecting the NFL to the players, getting them all here, having three really good days of practice in a game. So now to be past it and it, it be in the rear view, I just uh, really proud of our team for pulling it off. you know we don't have a huge operation down here. just really really proud of everyone that that played a part in this to uh, to make it all happen.
1: Yeah, because that's the amazing thing is it uh, here, here it is you're able to pull this off and how many, how many players did you have uh, down there?
0: Yeah, we had 136, John. We, we had to over-invite this year. We're usually around 120. Um, but just in case something did happen, um, we wanted to have enough numbers here because we, we did create a, a pretty strict bubble. Um, you know, it's a player hotel. We tested every player before arrival, every NFL guy before arrival. Um, you know, tested them every day they were here. We, we administered over 3,600 tests um, over the course of the week with only one positive test. So... Uh, we had 136, we ended with 135, and uh, because we couldn't, in a normal year, if guys go down, we can get a kid on a red-eye Tuesday night from San Diego, where he might be training and get in a mobile for a couple days of practice in the game, and we knew we weren't going to be able to do that this year, so we had to go into the week with uh, numbers that would sustain us throughout the week.
1: Yeah, how good of a group was this uh, group of uh, players that were down there?
0: Yeah. Um, it was a phenomenal group in my opinion, but I've, <laughs> that's probably because I, I picked them. But um, I think, you know, I'm proud of all these guys. You know, we had some really deep position groups. Running back is usually a group that's really hard for, for a game like the Senior Bowl or the East West Shrine game, um, just because a lot of the junior running backs leave early um, because of the, you know, for obvious reasons why those guys would leave. But a really good running back crew. The wideout group was loaded again. Um, offensive line group was, was phenomenal. A couple of years ago, my first year at the game, we had five offensive linemen go in the first. And uh, just on the North team alone that year, I think nine out of ten went in the first three rounds. I don't know if we'll quite get to those numbers, but it's going to be close. That was a great group. So, um, you know, and then across the board, I mean, the linebacker group was strong, corners were strong, in um, the edge group, the uh, the pass rush group was really strong as well. So. Uh, we were really happy with the rosters, and more importantly, um, the NFL guys were.
1: Yeah, it looks like that uh, from the early looks of things, uh, that maybe what two or three offensive linemen could go in the first round.
0: Um, yeah, I would say Dylan Radens from North from North Dakota State, who won our practice player of the week award. Um, he could um, Trey Smith from Tennessee, the guard tackle. We had Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama. Here, you know, he blew his ACL out. Um, in the in the semifinal game, but he was down here all week. He was definitely going to be a first round pick before that injury. I hope that doesn't affect him too much. But then you know, Alex Leatherwood, Alabama, James Hudson's kind of a sleeper from Cincinnati that I think could get up could get up in that range. Um, Creed Humphrey at center. So um, yeah, got got a lot of good players up there at the top.
1: Yeah, and of course, I mean Keith Taylor from the University of Washington did as well at cornerback as maybe you could you could ever see in a Senior Bowl.
0: Yeah, Keith had a great week. Um, We were really excited to get he and Elijah Molden down here. Elijah had to pull out a couple weeks ago with a rib injury that he had, he had going back, I guess, like second to last game of the season. He just, he actually wrote me a handwritten letter, which was really nice. You don't get that very often, Um, but just, you know, just he called and he wrote the letter, like just expressing how disappointed he was that he wasn't going to be able to come compete, but, uh, we did get Keith down here, and, man, he he, he showed out really well. Um, you know, he had a really good junior year. Um, I'm sorry, really good sophomore year. Took a little bit of a dip as a junior, um, at least in our opinion, in the office, and then came back with a strong year this year. And um, he was great in the game the other day. He, he made some great plays in practice. So um, kind of that prototype guy that I know John and, and Pete look for in terms of the long body, being able to play a lot of man coverage, and uh, hard to throw over down the field. So, um, Keith was definitely one of our top performers.
1: It seemed like Mac Jones also uh, really helped himself, the Alabama quarterback.
0: Yeah, Mac had a great week. Um, it was important for him to come here because he's got three juniors: Justin Fields at Ohio State, Zach Wilson at BYU, and Trey Lance from North Dakota State, who are, in most people's opinions, probably rated above Mac. Um, I don't think any of them are catching Trevor Lawrence, but. You know, Mac Mac really thought, hey, if I come down there and, and and do what I can do, I'm gonna I'm gonna leapfrog one of these guys or, or or more than one of these guys. And maybe it's because they played so late into the season, but there was zero rust at all. Some of the quarterbacks struggled to adjust the first day, day and a half, because they're they're having to spit out verbiage that they've never had to do before. You know, at college level, most of these guys are just looking over to the sidelines at, at cue cards, but. Uh, um, so he, he handled that well playing from under center. Wasn't a problem for him at all. And, uh, you can tell how quick his brain is because he, he is such a quick processor and now uh, he's getting the ball, the ball out of his hand really fast. He was really accurate throwing into tight windows. So, uh, couldn't have had a better three days of practice. Unfortunately for Mac, he rolled his ankle, um, on Thursday, on Thursday afternoon, he came into the week with a really deep bone bruise. Um, from the national championship game so he ended up with two bad wheels and uh he dressed out on game day and he was going to go if one of the other quarterbacks got hurt but uh, he just wasn't able to move around you know well enough to really get some game action but his practice stuff was uh as good as you could expect
1: yeah michael carter also seemed to do well at the running back position and another alabama guy and Najee harris uh, did some good things too
0: yeah, Michael. Uh, he's kind of a local guy for us. He's from Pensacola, Florida, which is only about an hour uh, east of east of Mobile. So, love getting those guys in the game. Michael had a huge contingent contingency out at the game the other day. Um, you know, his dad's a military guy from over. They got all the you know the Navy base over there. But uh, he, he did. He had a great week. Michael had a huge senior year. He was one of our highest uh, risers on our board this fall. You know, going into the fall, he was more of a midday three pick. You know, on our board. And now I don't think Michael's getting out of the third round. I don't think he's getting out of day two. Um, so uh, really quick, you know, compact guy, hard to get on the ground, bounces off a lot of contact, tossed the ball well all week. And not only did he have, you know, a really good practice week in the past game, we don't tackle to the ground in practice. So I always feel like running backs can really, really make their mark in the game. And and Michael played great in the game. And, and you brought up Najee. Najee, uh, you know, had a, his ankle was the size of a grapefruit coming out of that national championship game, but he came down here and practice for a couple of days and, and connected with that Dolphins staff. They've got the 18th pick, and uh, I know he came out of the week feeling really good about coming down here, and I know the Dolphins feel like they uh, really benefited by spending that extra time with Najee.
1: The great part about you having the game and having the scouts down there and it going off so well is that this is probably the one look that anybody's going to have in person of a player because, you know, no workouts that anybody's going to be allowed to do. You have to do the – there's no combine. There's – you know, you have to do everything pretty much virtually as far as scouting. And so this was the one chance to either interact with the players or to just be able to watch.
0: Yeah, John, um, it, it's a different year, obviously. And, and the, with the combine being canceled and the pro days being really affected, we still don't know exactly what those are going to like. I just wanted to, you know, to, to make this thing happen for one of these players, um, the yo-yoing nature of the fall for these guys. I mean, you talk about all our Pac-12 guys like like Keith Taylor, um, all our Big Ten guys, the guys from the MAC. I mean, they had their, they had their season pulled out from them. You know, they, they their, at one point their season was canceled. Um, and then they get to the season and, uh, you know, you'd get to Saturday. I just bring it back locally here. Tallahassee's not too far from us. So, you know, we are, We sent a scout to Tallahassee three different times this fall only for him to get to Tallahassee and find out the game was canceled on Saturday. So a weird year for those players. Wanted to make it happen for them. And then being really sensitive to the NFL guys and what they have to do. I I can't imagine what John Schneider and, and any GM would have to do in April, staring at a board of players that they hadn't put their eyeballs on or sat across from. Um, it, just, it's an incre- it's, it's, it would be an incredible challenge to do that. I mean, I think you can learn so much by seeing players play live and body typing them and eyeballing them and, and then sitting down face-to-face. You know, I think we're all kind of used to the Zoom mode that we've been in. For almost the past year now, Um, but it's so much more impactful when you actually sit across from someone. So, uh, again, just feel very, very fortunate and uh, very grateful that we were able to pull it off for for all parties involved.
1: How difficult, from your conversations with the scouts, the GMs, and everything else, is it going to be to judge all these college players who are going to be up for the draft when some of them opted out, many of them opted out, and really you have nothing on them since 2019?
0: Yeah. You know, the first night at orientation, John, at our, I, you know, coach rule and and coach Flores, we introduced those guys and we all, I had the guys raise their hand. I said, who didn't play football this fall? And there was probably like 10, 11, 12 names whose whose hands shot up. And uh, you know, the coaches made a point, those guys that raised their hands earlier, like that says something about you guys that, that you're here, you know, you're not afraid to compete. You're not afraid to, you know, shake off the rust in front of the NFL. That says something about, you know, what football, what it means to you and the kind of competitor you are. So um, it is, it is a weird year. You know, the guys, we invited a couple of players that opted out of the game, um, didn't accept their invite because they hadn't played football this fall. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where those guys end up because a couple of them, I mean, one of the guys has only played like three quarters of football since 2018. So I think Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM is on record saying is, guys, if, there's, if we've got two cards up there and they're right next to each other or even close to each other, we're taking the guy that we've seen the most recently, you know? And so I, I do. I think it matters. I think these guys really help themselves by coming just because of that exposure. I mean, it, it's such a – I mean, college to pro scouting is such a projection anyway, um, but to do it almost blindly – um just creates that much more of a a margin for error
1: yeah i mean like for example it would have been curious uh, like on trevor lawrence because he made his big jump in his last year if you had to go back to the previous year and he had opted out and uh you know he wouldn't be able to be the first pick in the draft because you know you would not know as much about him because he really came on in his last year in school
0: yeah there's a number of guys i'm kind of staring at our board right now in my office i mean there's There's a number of the guys that that played themselves into the senior bowl this year that had we picked the players, you know, last August, um, you know, there's probably 25, 30, 40 guys that wouldn't have have gotten the game, but it shows the hard work they put in. I mean, these guys were again, back to the players and giving them credit. This was a weird off season. They couldn't be on campus working out. They couldn't even be in their local gyms. I mean, I talked to some players that they just tried to get together at like the local high school and they got ran off by the cops over the summer because they didn't want them congregating on a field. Um, So to see the work they put in and see the jump they made from junior tape to senior tape is really incredible and a testament to what these kids had to do, um, you know, in a weird year to, to make them, make sure they got bigger, faster, stronger. And it correlated to the football field.
1: How tough is it going to be for uh, particularly a lot of you mentioned the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and that for, you know, teams like uh, players from Washington because they only ended up getting four games in. I know Cal had a lot of problems. (laughs) A lot of teams in the Pac-12 had so many difficulties because they got the late start and a lot of missed games.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's, like the NFL teams are sitting there. They can only work with what they have. You know, I mean, is it going to force some teams? to go back to more of 19 and even maybe 18 tape in some circumstances, probably, you know, if you only got four games from this year, and you bring up the Cal program, this is incredible. Um, a guy that's on their on their recruiting staff who actually worked at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago, longtime NFL scout, they, pl- they played more games this year than they had positive COVID tests since June. They started testing their players in June, made it all the way through the season, with three positive tests the entire year, and they only played four games, uh, which is which is just an incredible. That's an incredible stat to me. But um, yeah, without the, without the 2020 tape, teams are just going to have to have to go back and, and look at the look at the underclassmen stuff.
1: Yeah, and of course, you, you uh, the idea on the pro the pro days going to be so different too, because everybody's used to going to Indianapolis. Everybody goes to the same hospital and doctors and all those different things. And now I don't know how they're going to pull it off because now all the doctor stuff has to come from the schools.
0: Yeah, I mean they're, they're trying to make it happen. Um, they're trying to make a medical combine happen, John. With uh, right now, I think they're talking about bringing in the top 150 players have a medical event so at least you have um you have the medicals on those top top guys but where the pro day thing really hurts some of these guys we're sitting here talking about the you know the guys that are going to be you know day one and day two picks and um coming out of our game and in some cases you know day three picks the, the pro day thing is going to be different because the, the coaching staffs at the schools are going to be the ones probably running the running the drills right um you can't have scouts crisscrossing the country, staying in courtyards and fairfields every night and then descending upon a campus and, you know, co-mingling with the office and the players. So that's, you know, we were able to do it at the senior bowl because we, you know, we, we, t- we tested them every day. So um, it's going to be the coaching staffs put doing the drills. I, I, I envision the NFL guys being there to time the 40 from a distance and then leaving town because you're not going to be able to get the, the face-to-face interaction. And the players that hurts, John, are, are more the free agent level guys. So what pro day is, you know, from a scouting perspective, it is a big-time recruiting time. Um, like, you might have a sixth or seventh-round grade on a player that you like and you want to be part of your club. You think he can make you better down the road. Uh, but you're really hoping he, he gets to free agency, right? Like, you'd much rather get a guy as an undrafted free agent. So, the uh, you know, the pro day time is to – meet the kid out the night before and take him to dinner or grab him after the Friday's over and take him to lunch. Um, so some a lot of, a lot of that in-person recruiting that takes place and positions a team like the Seahawks to you know knock it out of the park in rookie free agency you know a lot of years um, that's gonna go away. so that's another layer of this thing those, those lower lower draftable free agent guys those guys are, are being hugely impacted by this whole thing.
1: Jim Nagy, but you did an incredible job because at least you gave everybody a look at 136 players, or at least the opportunity to see them, and uh, did such a great job. Congratulations! And so, now what's next on your agenda?
0: Uh, what's next? I got to get ready myself for uh, doing some ESPN work through the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gotta, I gotta get back on the tape on the guys that weren't eligible to play in our game. I gotta, I gotta get into you know some of the some of the juniors um, and really learn those guys. And then here in-house, we've got uh, we got a lot of things we need to tie up from the game. We've already had a couple uh, uh, self-scout meetings, if you will, these first couple of days coming out of the game. Um, and just following up with all our sponsors and different people that, you know, our committee members that helped us pull off the game. I need to start reaching out to the, the NFL team, seeing what worked for them, what didn't work, um, things we can do better. And then, uh, you know, our, our, our scouting staff here in the office, we're going to get going on the 2022 senior bowl here in about two weeks. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it really never ends, which is, which is fun. We all, we always have something to work on.
1: Well, congratulations. And thank you for joining us on school with the professor.
0: Yeah. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. I always appreciate it.